Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Mavericks for Thursday, February 2nd. It's episode number 80. I had my tabulations incorrect yesterday. I know you were real worried about that. But uh, my name is Mike Marshall. His name is Jacob Kemp. He is at, at not Jack Kemp. I am at Machine Sports. Uh, you can follow the show as well at Locked on Mavs. Um, and if you feel like emailing some questions, you can do that at LockedOnMavs at gmail.com. And if you'd like us to uh, be speaking about your business right now, um, feel free to email us at LockedOnMavs.com or uh, hit us up on either of those Twitter accounts. And uh, we'll see if we can squeeze you in and get you in front of uh, you know thousands of people every day if you'd be into that kind of thing. Um, all right. So Mavs win last night at home. And uh, let's get to the important stuff first. Uh, how was the halftime act? Uh, it, was a, it was Miss Texas 2016 doing baton twirling. Now, oh. it's a pretty, it's not a great selection for a halftime show because there's no danger. But I have to tell you that even going back to like being in high school and going to college football games while the band is playing, I find baton twirling to be underrated because it looks, it basically looks like long juggling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which like juggling looks hard, but then like, let's make it uh, like, four or five feet long or three feet long i mean that's like ninja stuff and i don't know i think it's i think it's underrated i think if she was dressed like in uh in ninja gear with like a mask on people would think it was a lot more impressive it 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 looks combat-esque and she never dropped it now if they were on fire or something obviously Ooh, okay now i'm listening you know you're talking about a little bit of a kick up but or what uh, if, like, you're walking I, on a wire, yeah, baton twirling, and underneath you is a pool of scorps? <laughs> There's obviously ways you could kick it up, including scorps. But <laughs> I, I don't. I think we underrate that craft. I think it looks. I think it looks pretty hard, and everyone's just kind of like, oh yeah, that's over there. I mean, I think that looks harder to me than like playing an instrument. Well, it's like it's a step up from like flag waving, right, and like twirling flags, but it's not quite like. I don't know, throwing the gun around, like whatever the uh, the military people do whenever they do their whole, like, launch the gun up in the air and catch it and lock it back down, and, or the rifle. Yeah. You know what, though? The thing is, that gun's not that gun's not loaded. That's true, but it's heavier, I would, I would assume. It's heavier, but there's only one of them. Yeah. You know, she's, only... got, she's got three things that she's throwing around, and sometimes she's catching them with her feet. Oh, really? I, yeah. I assume I, there was, like, one at two, two max batons. No, sometimes there's three. It's it's juggling. 
It's it's okay. just much like whenever uh, much like whenever Burger King earlier this year released the long burger, which was essentially just a burger <laughs> a with sub. a with a sub with a sub uh, bread. Uh huh. <laughs> this is just long juggling. Long juggling. Okay. Well, I'm glad she got some shine. It was gonna, fine. Have you, have you noticed all my solutions to these halftime shows involve scorps? Uh, I think it's because you've never been up close and personal with a scorpion, man. You don't want to be anywhere near those things. I've held one. I've held a, a big one, a giant, like, black-shelled one. I need a photo. I don't think it had, like, the stinger, but whatever. Um, all right, so Mavs win at home, 113-105. Um, and they are in the midst in the middle of, on the road to one of the more confusing 52-win seasons of all time. Uh, this is just going to be quite the story to tell whenever they finish 52-30. and 30. <laughs> And they're yeah. playing, playing Utah in the first round. Um, all right, let's check in on 538, if you don't mind. Uh, now projected at 34 wins, which would put them the, uh, the ninth pick in the draft. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I don't think they're getting a top 10 pick. <laughs> I just don't – I don't think it's happening. If it, if they do, it's right at 10. Um, mm, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, so the thing is that I keep going back to is a team that has been hurt a lot mm-hmm. – well, there's two sides to this. A team that has been hurt a lot, I kind of tend to think they're going to keep getting hurt. So yeah, maybe. a big part of the reason they started 4-17 and 17 was that Dirk had only played in five of those games and they were 0-5. And, and it's not like Dirk's lighting the world on fire now, but you can see the impact that him being out there has on the spacing, the three-point shooting, the overall offensive flow. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that they're kind of still hurt and they're, and they're winning. So there's on one side, I'm like, yeah, the injuries are just going to keep catching up to them because they got a lot of old players. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, their old players are kind of hurt now. Yeah, I mean... And they're still winning. They can... At the beginning of the season, if you told me they were, like, going to get away with not being able to play Bogut for, you know, weeks at a time, I'd be like, no way. What are you talking about? And then if you told me they'd get away with not having Darren and JJ on certain nights, I would have told you you're crazy. But they've almost, like, formed themselves into this new... uh, this new collection that it almost doesn't even matter as long as Barnes is there, as long as Wes is playing fine, and now that Seth Curry's in the fold consistently and playing well, you you keep those four together with Dirk, and I feel like the other pieces can kind of just like come and go. Um, and some nights they're just going to get destroyed because some teams will just have them outflanked like personnel-wise. But if you have that collection and Barnes is playing his normal bit, and Wes is knocking down threes, and Seth Curry <laughs> keeps shooting 50% from three and scoring 20 a game, like, they're not going to be a bad team. And they now have a 10% chance to make the playoffs. And by the time we're doing this show next Wednesday morning, it's very possible that they could be the number eight seed in the Western Conference uh, because they have Portland Friday night uh, at Denver Monday night. And then this is going to be tough, but a back-to-back coming home from Denver uh, facing Portland that Tuesday night. But the teams that are directly ahead of them, they play them the next three games. Well, those teams are – like I, the. I think that the Blazers went like 3-11 and 11 in January, but they've been better recently. Um, yeah. And then Denver has lost two straight, but before that they had won. They, they'd been playing pretty decent. I mean – 
right now the Mavericks look better than those teams, but I still don't know if on balance. Look, I think they're probably going to – they won't be more than like three back of the eight seed for most of the of the year. I, I, I don't think they're going to finish like real far back. My I think still think the smart money is on them finishing ninth or tenth. Mm-hmm. But I would put the odds at much higher than 10%. And I, and I know why those fi- how those 538 odds work, but uh, the they're also not – they're not factoring any qualitative performance in at all. And right. once you do that, you can realize that in the last, you know, if you just basically broke the season into two halves, the Mavericks are like two or three games above 500. Mm-hmm. And that would make them decidedly the eighth seed right now. Yeah. And, and I, think- I mean, the difference also that those 538 numbers don't take into account, they may take into account your improvements, right? But mm-hmm. they don't take into account how you got those improvements. So a lot of times whenever you look at 538 projections, it does factor in that you've gotten better, but it doesn't know that you changed something to get better. It can just it, it can just go off the fact it got better. Yeah. The Mavericks are unlikely to go back to being a bottom five offensive team because they're playing better offensive players than they were when they were. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I get it. It's um, it's not taking into the into account the changing parts that made it different. Now, the formula's changed. They're still using the result, though, is I think what you're trying to say. Like, they're That's healthy. Right. They're, they're healthy now. Which for um, some teams, they just, some teams can play the same lineup and just get different results. Mm-hmm. That does happen. Yeah. That's just not the case here. Yeah. And I think... Honestly, I think they're going to be really, really good, um, like as good as they've been the last three games until um, the end of the month because right now in the season, um, there are a lot of teams out there that just have no interest in basketball. Uh, These are like the longest days, the dog days of the NBA season where teams don't want to bear down. They don't want to play defense. They don't want to compete for 48 minutes, uh, and they're just like holding their breath until the all-star break gets here. And the thing about the Mavericks is they've been so in and out, they're just excited to like be able to play at this moment. And the second that wears off and every other team, like you know your Clevelands, like your San Antonio Spurs, the teams that they should lose to, get a little bit of a break, lock back in for the final 30, 30 games and take the Mavericks serious on a random Tuesday night, I think after the All-Star break they're going to get back to you know 500 or – maybe a tad below 500 basketball. But up until that, next two weeks, I bet they play really stinking well against a lot of these teams. And they don't have that hard of a road uh, until the break. I think Utah um, and Boston are the only two that really stand out to me. But tell me about uh, <laughs> Salah Mejri last night. I was working on uh, Pelicans, and uh, I could audibly hear people yelling um, from the other control room, um, and I was like, what is happening? And I like turn over the Mavs game and I scroll back and I see Sala like cock one back and murder somebody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there were two stretches in the game where the, it was really decided. They were, the Mavs got down by, I think like nine in the second quarter. Let's see if I can mm-hmm. find the exact score. Um, and really last night was, we talk about the Sixers a lot for two different reasons. One, I like one of their play. All right. I love a couple of their players. I really like Noel as far as being on another team. He didn't have a great game last night. Yeah. Um, but another thing we talk about when we talk about the Sixers is that Okafor is not a five. They right. start Okafor at the five. Yes. And 
both times that Salah had a big impact on the game, it was when Okafor was in the game. Mm-hmm. He cannot hold Salah. That's nuts. And see, that's the thing is that like he, the biggest swings in the game came when Okafor left and when Salah was in. To wit, Okafor was a minus seventeen, and uh, Noel was a minus two in a game wow. that the Sixers lost by eighteen points. You know, and for uh, to, on the flip side of that, Salah was a plus eighteen. Dwight Powell was a minus two. So that, whenever when Salah was drawing Okafor, he was destroying him, and yeah. it was just it's just highlighting the fact that that dude is not a five, and he can't defend rotation fives on a bad team. That's bizarre, man. Like the second know, Okafor uh, comes into the game, they would put Salah in, and he would eat him alive. That's really insane. Um, and if you're starting Okafor at the five. Like, I think other teams, whenever they come into Dallas or the Mavericks roll into their city, they should look at the Mavs lineup and go, what do I need – what lineup do I need to start to make sure Dirk – they can't get away with Dirk starting at center? Like, what what combination of bigs do I need to roll out there to make sure that it's not uh, couth for them to roll out Dirk at the five? And no yeah. one's been doing that lately. I'm like – Dude, just roll out some big that's going to out-rebound him by, like, six boards on the night and keep him off the block and make him pay for playing the five, and nobody's doing it. And it's just so bizarre to me um, that they're letting the Mavericks get away with starting, you know, Yogi and Seth and West, the one, two, three, and thus starting Dirk at the five. And I, I know the Sixers didn't really have a lot of options. I mean, you could have started Noel. Um, I, I would have done that. I, and move uh, Okafor. Right, because you, you can outflank the Mavericks at this point in the season. Like, they're still hurt enough. Yeah. Um, where Darren's not playing, where JJ's not playing, where Bogut's not in there. Um, and you can beat them, like, before the game even starts if you're smart about it. And teams just have been really stinking dumb about <coughs> it. And I, yeah. I, I don't get it, but... Well, I think part of it is that even though the Sixers are, like, it, quote, trying to win now, they're also more probably more interested in trying to figure out what these dudes can and can't do. Right. I don't think Brett Brown's an idiot. I think he wants to f- play Okafor at the five just enough to prove to everybody, look, this dude can't play five. Get him off my team. Yeah. It was 71-65 Mavs with 2.23 left when Okafor subbed in the third quarter when Okafor subs in for Noel. Mm-hmm. One minute later, Measury comes in for Powell. And for, from 2.23 at 75.61 when Okafor comes in and then, you know, 50 seconds later, Noel comes in. Or, excuse me, Okafor leaves for Noel. God. Okafor leaves the game. Whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. I can't. I just yeah. can't do it right now. <laughs> we get the measury Okafor matchup. Uh-huh. From the start of the fourth quarter, you had an oop uh, by measury from Curry. You had a defensive rebound from Measury off of an Ilyasova miss. You had a Curry uh, missed three that Salah pretty much goaltended on in uh, a putback dunk. Uh, then you had a cut a cut from uh, Measury where Farrell found him. Uh, so now he scored six straight points. Curry gets the he, then Measury gets the defensive rebound. Curry hits two free throws. Then Measury has a driving dunk where he puts it on the freaking floor. <laughs> And then he has a, a cut there where Harris finds him. So he scored. 
two, four, six, eight. He scored ten of twelve points and had he had ten points and four rebounds in a span of four minutes. Good God, that's that's he he went blue steel. Then he left the game at the seven minute mark of the fourth quarter, and it was a twenty point game. <laughs> Good God, that's and he was going ass. I mean, I don't you might, as you might expect. He's the yeah. He's a <laughs> he's a rum, rambunctious. Uh, he's not even a youngster. He's my age. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that. Uh, he's like the hardest Maverick to like gauge value of because he is thirty. Because he is in his second season. Uh, you think like oh he's gonna like you know get better um, because of playing NBA basketball and getting NBA treatment um, these last you know twenty four months. But also he's thirty, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the upside is for Salah, but I like I like having some bench big that can go in there and make other teams pay. Um, all right, let's do uh if you don't mind, let's talk about our new favorite little buddy uh, Seth Curry for a minute and some of his numbers. I basically filed down the three point shooting to guys that uh, since Seth has been back since back from injury, so December ninth. Um, I filed down the uh, the rankings to um, guys that shoot more than three threes a game, so three-point shooters. Um, Seth is fourth in the league in a percentage basis uh, at 49.2%. He shoots 4.3 uh, threes per game in that span, um, and I think he deserves the, the synergy treatment like we were given uh, Harrison Barnes early in the season. Um, right. So uh, overall half court for Seth Curry – He's in the 81st percentile right now. Uh, that would be Damn. termed very good. Uh, in transition, he's uh, in the 76th percentile at very good at 1.24 points per possession in transition. He's like the only Mav that's good in transition. Um, let's see. What was I? Oh, here are the impress- really impressive ones are spot-ups and um, off-screens. So in spot-up situations, that's his uh, second most frequent um uh, I guess shot type. Number one is pick and roll ball handler, but he uh, he uses spot up twenty seven percent of the time of that that he shoots the basketball. Um, one point one five points per possession for the eighty fourth percentile on spot ups. That would be rated as excellent. Um, and then off screens, uh, he uses that ten uh, percent of his possessions, and he is a one point two nine eight. So basically a one point three. Points per possession off screens for the ninety fifth percentile. Like man, that's insane. And I think also what you're there's two things that jump out to me, and you saw this last night too. Is he's able to play on and off the ball now? Yeah, and he's yeah. also able to. Um, he's also like passing much better, mm-hmm. which is not really, you know, which doesn't show up in any of those numbers either. But I think if you're effective, uh, to be effective in transition off screens and in the pick and roll. In two of the three, you have to be able to move the ball, and mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. I'm his confidence. His confidence is just exploding. Oh yeah, man. He looks like he's like just his eyes are like wider. Like he just looks more. Dude, uh, he'll pull the he'll pull the trigger so fast. <laughs> oh yeah, and like I don't know. People always kind of nitpick his defense because early in the season he got he got you know <clears throat> he just didn't defend the three very well early in the season. But I don't know. I've always had this thing for dudes like him and. It happened a little bit with Monte, like, his first year, where I was like, dude, as long as you don't, like, fall asleep on that end um, and you pick off, you know, two or three passes a game and, like, take them the other direction, 
I think those six points are, you know, it might be um, on the aggregate, it could be like a 12-point total swing because you're taking a possession away from the offense and you're turning it into two points the other way. I think that balances out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like going for the pick six um, instead of just playing, like, solid at-home defense to me is it all kind of balances out in the end. And he's really good at stealing passes and getting in passing lanes. And, I mean, I couldn't be more excited about Seth Curry. Now, I don't think <laughs> – I think Philadelphia would laugh at you if you said Seth Curry for Nerlens like uh, Maz Moneyball threw out there yesterday. But, oh, yeah, um, they're not doing that. Yeah, but – Well, um, although, I mean, I guess it is like a no – he has no salary, so they might be willing to – Right. Like, the – Regardless of what you think of their futures, I mean, Noel's going to be way more expensive to keep. Oh, yeah. But, dude, just think about right now. Like, Damaris brought this up last night. Think about if the Cavs had replaced Delavadova with Curry for the exception or whatever he's getting right there. You know what I mean? Like, that's the type of player they need. Hell, even Yogi right now would help them uh, based on three games. Um, Yeah. But, That's what he was talking about the other night. I was like, they'd kill for Yogi right now. But Curry, I mean, on three mil a year or whatever, he would be Yeah. He would be getting heavy minutes for the Cavs right now. How JJ. Yeah. I mean, that's why they're looking at Darren. I mean, everybody outside of Devin that plays like the one or two on our team right now would be would significantly help the Cavaliers win at this moment. Um all right, and I guess we can wrap up with um some of the uh the rating totals uh, updated it over the last 11 games. The Mavericks are sixth in offensive rating. They are fourth in defensive rating. They are first in assist to turnover percentage um, or rating ratio. I'm sorry. Um, and then first in turnover percentage. And uh, somehow, even though they uh, <laughs> they run the slow pace and everything, they're top 13 in true shooting percentage. Rebounding, they still that's not their game. But I. I'm just waiting for some kind of shoe to drop, and I don't think it will until after the All-Star break. Well, I mean, even if some of the percentages come back, like, you know, they don't need to play 70 win percent basketball to get into the playoffs <laughs> at this point. You know, they can – Right. You know, and, and the other thing is just the schedule is going to continue to balance itself out some. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's, it's a mean, weird time. To uh... – Two of the next three against the uh, the team that's in eighth, and then the other one is against the team that's uh, right above you. So um, by next Wednesday, they could be in eight, the eighth seed in the Western Conference. So we'll, uh, I, I do enjoy doing this more than um, <laughs> projecting lottery picks, but I don't know. At the end of the season, I still could be a little pissed. But we'll deal Dude, with that when we like get to it. It's just like you said the other day. If you're playing young players, I think Fallable said the other day that like the percentage of minutes during this like stretch or whatever it's like 70 percent minutes by guys under 26 or something yeah so if you're if you're playing young players and they're playing and playing well i don't really care if you're what your pick is well yeah that's that's the point like i need young players that are on the upward trajectory that are on good contracts um that are going to be a part of the rebuild of this thing how you get them i don't really care yeah i don't care if it's uh, the eighth overall draft pick i don't care if you developed them this season in a kind of lost season. I don't care how they get here, but next season, the start of the year, I need three to four young players that are extremely talented that are all on the up the uptick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So, all right. 
Y'all have a uh, great weekend. Thank you for listening. And, Jacob, thank you for your time. See you Monday. Bye.